Welcome to the Creative Land Podcast Network. Join us as we share our favorite RPGs, one-shot games, tabletop games, reviews of items, and convention panels, and other exciting things that we run into from time to time. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, a sign to Ragnarok story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com slash cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. <laughs> right! <laughs> no, mine always just came from being, you know, military trained and learning how to project in a command voice. You heard over the dead of battle. Sound off like you got it. Never mind. Well, when when projecting fire ranks, I want you to have the appropriate enunciation. That's that's deep. Really? Okay. It's years old. It's kind of. The kid doesn't need that. Okay. Okay. I I say we talk about it. Can I be back? I'll be Beethoven. I'll be Beethoven. Let's see. All right. Roll call. We got uh, Bruce Wiley. Yay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Jeff Marriott. Not here. Not here. Okay, Cynthia Ward. Here. Up there. Frank Powers. You coming no. back? He's supposed to be uh, John Vorn- Vornholt. Yay. 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 And Hurt Booth. Yeah. Hurt Booth. Yeah. Oh, we got a runner. Hurt <laughs> Booth. Uh-huh. Yeah. Somewhere around here, he's a well, there, anyway. there's somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, Frank Powers! Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, that's just a catchphrase I'm very popularly known for Pissed Off Panda. No one's actually booing. Where are we sitting? Wherever you want, sir. I want to sit next to you. Okay. Oh, dear. Kurt's the best. You haven't met Kurt. No, I didn't hear my superheroes. Haven't met him, but that's another thing. Well, this is right. about comics not being about superheroes. Exactly, superheroes. Psh, what's this? Candice, come on! All right. Today's topic is comics are not a genre, comics are a media. Okay, that's deep. Uh, Comics are far beyond superheroes. Any story can be told in the comic. How do we get there and why is that awesome? Okay, anybody up here over 50 remember reading uh, Moby Dick in in the comic book? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I love Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. That yes, was a fa- yes. really good comic book. Yes, classic tales or whatever they that bunch of classic Swiss classic, classic illustrated. Yes, yes, it was amazing. It was it was it was because of those my mother actually accepted me reading comic books because I was. Uh, I was four years old and I was reading those funny books and she didn't like me reading those funny books and my grandfather's over there saying like, he's reading, he's reading, let him read. Moby well, we Dick, he'll learn how to be a whaler. Yeah, <laughs> or a whale. You know, I'm over, there, I'm over there, you know, just uh, four years old. Call me Ishmael. <laughs> so. Where's Big Face Coffee? They were more entertaining than Cliff Notes, I know that. Well, yes. honestly, yes. Classic <laughs> Illustrated was, you know, yeah, I grew up in a very small Arizona town. I mean, uh, whenever anybody moved, the mayor would go out and cross the number out of the sign and write a new number underneath it. <laughs> it was that small. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that was my exposure to classic literature. Without that, I probably would never have had the desire to even read anything even remotely classical. I want to, yeah. You know, sure, I read the funny books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to have a pretty good collection of Baby Huey in the day. Yeah, but yeah. Richie you know, Rich doing his thing. But yeah. there were a lot of other stories 
that were brought out as time progressed. That was far more, gee, hearkening back to the panel just for this, controversial uh, than anything else. As an example, you look at, you know, back in the late 60s, early 70s when drug use was so rampant, not that it isn't today, but you know, it was just getting to be noticed. You had the one storyline on Marvel where Flash Thompson was a drug addict. I thought that was uh, Harry Osborne. Harry, you're right, it was Harry Sorry. Osborne. Thank you very much. <laughs> and at the same time, you had a whole Green Lantern, Green Arrow storyline where Speedy was a smack addict um, and was going down that rabbit hole very hard and what they had to do to try to bring him back out of it. And that was actually very telling. I mean, that's really about the time that we stopped being funny books mm -hmm. and actually started becoming literature. Can I jump in? Yeah. Please. So what he's talking about is the Bronze Age. In the Bronze Age, things get a little more excelled where they're like, enough of the stuff that made comics silly in the 50s. Well, those classic comic books you see from the 50s where now Batman and Robin and Superman are doing a bunch of silly antics because the comics code got invented. And that's what happens when a bunch of lunatics get a little bit of power. And a bunch of librarians went nuts thinking comics are, of course, the problem with society. Because what you don't realize is that actually a couple of decades before that, 90% of the children in America read comics. 90% of children in the entire country. Newspaper circulation was the highest it ever was. And that is what brings us to then, oh, well, we got to blame this, right? It's the most popular thing. One time, pinball was banned in New York because it's too sexy with their gyrations. So you never know what's going to be the thing that everyone blames for why their children aren't behaving. And comics get stunted Not by their that. fault. The, right. the name of the book was Corruption of the Innocent. Yeah, well, Seduction of the Innocent. Yeah, so Seduction of the Innocent it was, is what makes the comics code. The comics code then becomes like this thing. It's like a stamp of approval. This is good. And then eventually, because they do approach Stanley about, like, we need to do a comic about anti-drugs. And they're like, well, you're not allowed. And he goes, well, then we're going to make it and not put the seal on it. And for two decades, they were afraid, like, what if we don't put the seal on it? And then they didn't do it. And then no one cared. No one booked. So then DC does follow suit real quick and do that hard traveling hero story, as well as the drug addict story, where we start to get a little more of what's going on and the urban plight where comics live. Remember, all comics made New York City. DC, down the block, Marvel. They all live in the slum. They all live in these high crime areas. And if I, I just did a bunch of research on this, and then I'll stop for a second. Uh, highest amount of crime in the 70s. It shoots up astronomically. The New York that you're all afraid of in those movies is made in the 70s. Then it happens again and kind of doubles in the 90s before they, you know, Giuliani sends all the homeless people somewhere and Disney moves in, right? The crime rate and the murder rate was in the thousands. And this is where all of comics were created. So that is why you get Luke Cage. That's why you start to get your African-American superheroes that represent people and represent people in, the, in their neighborhoods, their barrios, their cultures, and getting back to the concept of what are you doing for the man on the street, right? You're out there fighting the purple and you're fighting this and saving out the yellow people. What about the black man down here, Green Lantern? Same thing. Yeah, I remember that episode. I actually still have a copy of that magazine. It's, it's a big it's, deal. It's worth yeah, something. Yeah, you you yeah. work for the blue men. You, 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 had, you had friends with the yellow men. But in the orange men, what about us and the black men? Yeah, and that's what introduced John Stewart Green Lantern, yeah. right? So there you go. So that is some why things have to get mature. We bounced back from they made all the superheroes, they made a lot of comics cast for comics because they were really against EC comics, Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, let's mm -hmm. go after them, right? You can't yeah. use the word zombie. You can't use the word crypt. Well, gee, that seems pretty, you know, suspect, Spot right? Up. Certain <laughs> words. That's why Marvel invents zombies. <laughs> Zubembi. Yeah, that's what they had to do to get around that. And for a, t a time, Marvel owned the term then zombie, and they lapsed on the trademark. They would have owned the term for a moment. Afterwards, it's pretty wow. nice. Wow. So there's some comics for you, and that's why somebody. What is the subject of this, though? I just went on a rant. As media and a media, what are we doing? Okay, a comics are We're not a genre. Comics are a media. What does that mean? I'm dead well, serious. What does that well, mean? Okay. What is the difference between a genre and it's a media? Well, uh, can I try that? Please. Go for it. <laughs> Save us. I have Um I think we think of comics as only being superheroes. Mm -hmm. And but you were right, the classics illustrated, the horror comics, 
They were not superheroes. And, and, and so I, and I, I brought one of the Star Trek comic books I wrote many years ago. They were not superheroes either. So um, I, I think the idea is that it's not superheroes, it's any story you want to tell, including short stories like this annual Star Trek Deep Space Nine annual was several different short stories, each like eight pages. Nice. And, and stuff like that. So I, I, I think the idea is that you can have a, to broaden it and beyond. And I don't know if we've done that recently. We did it more in the 1950s and the 60s. Yeah. We really had more comic books about things that weren't superheroes. So. Yeah. In the 70s, I was, I was between, uh, depending on where you were. At the start of 1970, I would have been nine and by... 19, at the end of 1980, it would have been 20. In that time period, you did have superhero comics, but you had kung fu comics, you had romance comics, you had like Casper the Friendly Ghost. Archie. Those Archie. Now, I will tell you, all these comics still exist, and they yeah. are crushing it, yeah. all right? Especially Archie. Archie has done so much progressive stuff in the past few years with both. Not only did they have a gay wedding, but it was between a military guy and like that, and people trying to get mad at it. It's like too bad. And Archie's done a lot of very progressive, brilliant stuff with just immigration topics, and, you know, everything with race, everything with culture, a lot of stuff. Archie, they did one where they killed Archie to see what happened. And now you see we do with Sexy Jughead on Riverdale. Who would have ever thought we'd see Sexy Jughead? <laughs> My word. Happened with the funny things. No, <laughs> right. The place where I was going is that when I started reading comics, most any popular genre was available and a genre is something like science fiction fantasy romance horror cowboys there was a lot of there were a lot of westerns which now i don't think there are a lot of western comics that i've ever seen or heard of here's the thing they're not the mainstream comics it's that's what it is like they'll bring back jonah hex once in a minute and things like red dead redemption right super popular video game oh you watch cowboy genre jump and that does, because uh, I've noticed that trend too, because ro- romance comics have not quite come back because fan fiction almost takes its place, which is interesting. Right, I'm just, but I'm trying to get to the history of, like I could read almost anything, and if I were older, I could read a fair variety of different things in the underground comics, but I think in the 80s, because things like The Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen were huge events, like, I don't want to say superhero comics didn't sell in the 70s, but they weren't like the titans of, of making money. There was just so many different genres that the feels were sustained by the fact that there were a bunch of different things to read. But I think in the 80s, it kind of, people paid more attention. There was still plenty of diversity, especially in the independents. But I think people paid more attention to superheroes. And then once you have... Marvel, you know, DCU and MCU making billions, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars in superhero comics. I think unless you're hanging out in the comic book store, you have no idea all this stuff is, exists. It's kind of funny. Early comic books were all based on comic strips, of course. Yep. Yes. And, you know, and then and they, I think when Superman took off and then Batman took off, they were amazed. They said, no, wait a minute. This is supposed to be the Cats and Jammer kids or... This is supposed mm-hmm. to be, you know, uh, all those early uh, strips, or uh, oh, what was the one, the, the soap opera one. But anyway, I mean, I mean, you used to see, and the really old ones are based on on comic strips from the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they generally kept running. There would be a Batman or something like that, or there'll be uh, they would have keep running those in the newspapers too for a while. That comic started as just collections of comic strips. And then even Superman was the first one. So we all know action comics, right? And detective comics, where Superman's on the cover, right? He's one of the stories in there. Then they do say, let's make Superman a comic. And that's the famous yellow cover, where he's kind of flying and pointing down a little bit, where he's the star. Never been done. And they were like, this won't work. You can't put just one guy in there. And then, kaboom, right? And we see what starts to become the way it goes. And then when they ran out of the sillies, I think it was this... Funny, it was like silly or funny something, funny times. That was like the first real comic that collected all that stuff. They ran out. Oh, we ran out of our backlog of stuff and then started hiring comic strip artists to make new stuff. And that's when we start to get our people that we know. After the pulp magazines ran out, like the Shadow and stuff, it's like, well, that we like that. Let's make Batman. 
you know, because the shadow already existed. Pulp Comics already did a lot that set that what the comics start to become. You know, but I do love much like fashion these days. There is no such thing as fashion. I'm taking. Okay, and you can kind of walk around in a lot of stuff. Someone walked in here in a pair of Jankos. People love it. Those are great, right? Because '90s throwback, right? Let <laughs> some of you, some of you walk in bell bottoms. Those, those are great. You look great, right? No one's gonna be like, you see that person doing that? Because fashion just got so blurred. I noticed after like the 2000s and the 2010s. Now everybody just does. I'm still a raver. I'm still goth. I'm still this. And I've noticed that happen a lot with the genres of books. Like, there's so much out there when it does come to that. But again, it's not from the two big heavy hitters. Really, Image is our saving grace. It's still Image Comics, you know, and things like Kitchen Sink. And then even Scholastic. You know, Scholastic has done a lot because kids' comics, and that's why I'm like all about comics, because it's not just about comics. The word comics were thrown around a lot. Sequential art is what it is. Sequential art is what, like, that used to be the inside term, you know, of what we try to raise it up. Because my whole life everyone tells me comics, well, that's low art. Sorry, here are nothing. Right? And that's a big thing with comics. So nowadays it's fun to watch them get respect in a way. And I've seen that just across the board with certain just awards and then the other ones, the big heavy hitters like we think about with Mouse and Watch and things like that. Where especially Mouse, like we're just talking about a real a real story. Mouse, yeah. Right? That's a real story. That's a real story where it gets, right? And you got that and you have a lot of the stuff that um, who did who did the spirit? I'm just skipping on his name right now. Will Eisner. Will Eisner's Eisner. spirit. Yeah. Okay. I like to say that like sort of great Caesar's ghost. Like, Will Eisner's Will spirit. Eisner. Right. <laughs> and his books that he would do just about living in New York and the slice of life books, right? And then from comics, the underground comics, right? Mm -hmm. You get Crumb and then you get some of those Crumb. guys. That slice of life and American Slender. Slice of life becomes a huge part, and I think that's still very predominant as you look at podcasts and uh, everyone's social media page. A lot of personal stories now in comics. Getting those to the big, the big guys, uh, you know, I don't know. They want to sell Deadpool, right? That's their job is to sell you Deadpool. And we can all like Deadpool. But just like indie movies, sometimes you want something a little quieter, you know, a little more thoughtful, a little more, maybe it is just in black and white, you know? And because of a lot of the, just as a guy who's making stuff constantly. I mean, the fact I can be on Amazon more now. And here's a link, go get my book. Like, that's different. Instead of 10 years ago, I had to find public, you know, do all that, carry these around. There's a lot of opportunities for us to, to tell stories now, and even online, even never having to publish. You know, comic books took a weird turn when they became collectibles. Too, so, yeah. yeah. So that, that kind of put them into a more careful stage, really. I, I call it a more, a less experimental, a less kind of, I mean, everybody said, oh, I got to make this the, the one that everybody's got to buy and put in a plastic thing and never look at. Yep. So, I, I mean, I, I keep thinking that that's one of the times when we kind of got away from them being all, uh, part of any genre. Oh, yeah. You the 90s was not about yeah, story. Yeah, exactly. It, it was, was not about story, it was about art. Yes. And a lot of bad art. Mixed in yeah. a lot of great art, but a lot of bad art. You know, and, and that drove book sales. And that's why you get from multi covers. But, I don't know, someone else will talk. I don't want to talk. A little bit of this too. Um, really look at uh, what made the medium become more away from being a genre and going actually into a medium is the level of storytelling that came about. I mean, you look at people like Alan Moore, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, v for Vendetta, uh, The Watchmen, uh, The Killing Joke, mm -hmm. uh, some really, you know, from hell. Uh, just a ton of really deep, penetrating stories um, that just happen to be in an illustrated medium. Okay, it could have carried as a literary work by itself, not a single picture except on the cover of the book, and maybe not even then. Uh, but it was at that point that you know he said you know famously that. The comic book was meant for the lower class masses, the people who did not read or maybe couldn't read and had to rely on the pictures to get the story because they had no imagination. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't it? And this is the same guy that did all of this work too. Um, so when it stopped being funny pictures and, you know, easy storytelling and actually 
had uh, subject matter of depth, uh, this is when we stopped being just a genre, actually became a media, because we started having a format to be able to tell a story, and it just happened to maybe have superheroes in it. Yeah. Well, Neil Gaiman had a lot to do with the uh, maturation of, of comic books, or whatever we're calling it, because I think he really, he really gave it an idea that you can tell really complicated stories and, and stories that really make you think and, and sit down there for, you know, and really, really read it, not just and, and think about what you were reading rather than, because I, <clears throat> I remember when I first started writing comic books, I, you know, I wrote an action scene, I wrote a fight scene, and uh, my editor says, you know, I know you haven't read comic books before, so I'm giving you the first rule. He said, you know why whenever there's a fight scene, the people are talking to each other? He says, you know, and they'll say, oh, Batman, I'm going to get you. Oh, I'm going to get you. He said, because we are trying to keep people from going too fast. We're trying to keep people from reading these action sequences too fast. So we have to put the dialogue in there to slow, slow you down so you'll look at things. And I remember thinking, well, that was, a, I mean, I really think that was the only really thing I had to learn, but I did have to learn that, that sometimes the dialogue is in there just to slow you down, which is kind of interesting to me. Well, but I, but so Neil Gaiman didn't worry about that because he had so much going on and his art was so beautiful. And, and I mean, and people who like that, that you'd slow down anyway to look at that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. and setting the pace. For anything, just like any any type of thing that you do. I mean, that is what you want. You want to set a pace. And I've given comics to non-comics readers. Got things. I'm here. Check this out. And some of them are like, oh, I don't like comics because you finish them within a few minutes. And I watched them go through, and I'm like, you know, you didn't read any words, right? Because they just went through it. And I'm like, you're supposed to read that. You're supposed to read those, but they're not reading. And even that, like, give someone a book. You read? No, they're not going to read that because they're not a reader. So even that goes into the comics where that person was like, I finished them in five minutes. I'm like. Did you read it? Oh, well, not like as if like they didn't think to do it. Some people don't understand how to read comics because they never have actually dealt with comics, you know? So that's interesting um, because again, it is an interesting art form. And as a guy who makes them from time to time, you can hand someone this thing and they look at it like it's a tool that you haven't fit. You know, they're like, I don't understand. I'm like, oh, left to right, top to bottom, shape of the Z. You know, like help them out. Well, I, I have read some modern comics or graphic novels where I cannot figure out the page layout. Because it's bad. Yeah, it's exactly like. Exactly right. They, you know, I understand that you know not necessarily want every single panel to be the exact same shape through the entire book because burying that isn't. But I have run right. into some very highly praised comics where, I mean, I started reading comics before I could read, okay. <laughs> Right? Yeah. You know, you're a little kid in the early 60s, your parents give you comics. And I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck is going on in this comic, and I've been reading them for 55 or 60 years. <laughs> a little bit too experimental in the layout in that case. I always make fun of DC Comics when they have an event, one of their crisis events. It's 52. <laughs> We've got to show you on one page. What's happening with Batman, The Flash, Robin, Wonder Woman also throw their origins in a montage book? Because you got to see the pearls fly again. We don't know what happened to Batman's parents, right? I think we're all born knowing that at this point. And DC is just, my sister got every one of those. She'd be like, would you look at this? And it looks like, I'm like, what is this? They will smash as much as they can. And they're not focused on panel to panel storytelling at all. That's for sure. So it, it is that thing where sometimes you can watch people that do make it in, in those professional companies Oh, that's not the best artist, but he delivers. And sometimes that's a bigger part of the job. You can do it yeah. cheap and on the fast. Yeah, and that's huge. But nowadays, it's also, again, different. A lot of Marvel's artists, they are, for a while, were painters in Italy. A lot of them. You know, the bullpen isn't Stan Lee's friends anymore. Like, it's the world. You know, and that's changed a lot. And you know what else has changed? Is Google SketchUp changed a lot. A lot of our artists now just trace them backgrounds real quick. Because time is money. Time is money. You know, and again, you can't knock people for YouTube. Like, I kind of got over that too. Like, I expect how they trace now, but now it's the industry standard. So it's kind of weird. Whatever happened to manga? Manga's bigger and better than ever. Is it really? Yes. Yeah, only growing constantly because the younger kids love it. It's only grown in Japan, and it's only been because adults read it. It was never weird out there for adults to read manga. It's the same as anything else. And an entire generation has now grown up with that. 
So again, teaching the fifth grade kids, especially the girls, they draw better than my four-year-old friends because they grew up on anime. And boy, did they pick it up. And it really does simplify a lot, and it's great cartooning, and it really helps them understand anatomy and all this stuff very young because they draw anime. And holy jeez, it's only grown the same way that anime is growing itself, all the actual animation and stuff. So. Well, I kind of wonder, like, do young people read comics now? Because I think manga, in the 80s, you were getting the baby, the uh, comics were following the baby boomers with like the uh, adult themes and the heavy, heavier subject matter and stuff. The comics in the 60s and early 70s started having more adult or more teen, depending on where you were, storylines. And there's a point where there's like almost no comics for kids. And manga came in around that time, and it was viewed as, as being for kids. Probably, in fact, they were mostly publishing kids' manga. And I don't, you know, I don't really see many kid comics for kids, like at BNN. I don't, I haven't been in a comic store in years. I didn't live near one for a long time, and then COVID. But I think that modern readership for sequential art younger generations is manga because if you go into the manga section of BNN and kids are out of school then there are kids in there there are a lot of kids in there and young adults in there hey what do you like oh Barnes and Noble so, sorry I'm bad at that yeah BNN Barnes and Noble yeah. Barnes and Noble yeah sorry I missed it completely so I'm glad you said <laughs> sorry about that so, uh, so I'll say that again I feel like I'm just like disagreeing with you too much let me tell you my friends say they don't make kids commercials like they used to and I was like, I don't want to ever see these kids' commercials. And I go, do you watch Nickelodeon? And he's like, well, no. And I'm like, well, I do. There's tons of, they're selling you Capri Sun the same way they were. But he's just not seeing it, so he thinks they're gone. <laughs> there are more kids' comics these days than ever. And a lot of them, you got, you got to remember there's property comics. Like Disney comics still count for everything. Sonic the Hedgehog, a lot of them, they are these kids' comics. They're properties. They're licensed comics. Some of them aren't the best. But again, I go to Scholastic. They have, they have taken up a huge mission of producing specifically like a lot of good kids comics and every licensed character that you see in anything has a comic out these days again it's licensed Kung Fu Panda you know it's a licensed comic and then the next thing will come along and then it's Turbo the Snail all right that came and went right and then it's what's the newest DreamWorks thing everything everything became a media put a few years ago it was a different different almost Disney said shut down these movies no more we don't make movies anymore we make franchises and everyone did that. Notice they don't make Turbo the Snail the movie. It's Turbo the Snail the movie with the Netflix show and the comics ready to go and everything. They do that with all this stuff. They make that. So anything you see these days, over the hedge, it has a comic. There's comics for all of it. They need to make a, a small distribution. It's tough because technically it's a small distribution. It's 20,000. A comic is out. But it's harder to do. But then they're on there digitally. And the digital comics, I think, are also the thing that's saving a lot of kids and letting them see a lot of comics. There's a lot of great apps that are exclusively comic strips, kids' comics. I think comic strips are better for kids because they're shorter and quicker, you know? But there is a, there are, there are a lot. There are a lot of kids' comics because that's all I work in is the kids' comics. So okay. I, look, I, I look and notice what's around. And so if you want a kids' comic, you have to go to an app? Because, I mean, I've heard parents like who grew up with comics and they're like, I can't really find much of anything for my kids. Yeah. But they're looking... At the grocery store, they're not finding them. Which know, is where they found them. Yeah, yeah Ar the Archies school, are still, Archie Digests are still there, the same yeah. way, you know. Or, you know, comic book stores. And, you know. I don't find them at comic book stores, but. Yeah. But I, I, being, I, being everywhere, like when we were kids, and we had a lot of, of course, five and dime drugstores, you know, little mm -hmm. corner soda fountain places and stuff that so always yeah. had. Monsters of film and oh, the comic yes. books and all all had the stuff we wanted, right? Along with the milkshakes. And, and yeah. this is the this is the this is the particular void where manga has gone in. Right? Yeah, they've got every you go into Barnes and Noble or independent bookstore that will carry graphic novels. Big selection of manga. You go to the magazines, a couple Archie comics, maybe Bob's Burgers, maybe a Simpsons comic. So I think for a lot of people that all these can be out there, and I'm sure they are, but to a lot of people, it's like, well, I'd like to get my kid a comic, but I don't really see anything, or, you know. I'll, t I'll say this best advice, it's free comic book day. 
Mm. Yeah, so when that comes around, you get a lot, lot of great. Most of what I did see there would be a lot of children's comics okay. to get them going. Because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying. Look, they're still, still trying to hook kids. Oh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. The first taste. That's right. That's right. I'm sure they so are. So funny. You know what I'll tell you the differences between, and it's it's me as well. When I started buying comics, and I'm you know I'm a little younger, they were still seventy five cents. You know, and now an average comic, even those comics I just said, they're three ninety nine. How do you yeah. buy even Sonic the Hedgehog? Three ninety nine. Um, go and agreeing with you very much on the manga thing. And here's the other thing about manga: that's where you will find your romance comics. You will find all the genres. They have a basketball comic that is one of the most popular comics. Ever. Like, there are no sports comics in America. It's very hard to make a sports comic, right? They have pulled it off. They used to have. I know, but notice, like, they're very, even. They're very and very not. You know, they're pretty rare as a whole genre of like, yep. And they have entire genres of sports comics where just like a real franchise. And Shane, they have two players and they go, it's phenomenal that that genre can exist because so many people are willing to get to read to read that stuff over there. You know, I do. I and I love that stuff. Manga, manga is very fun and it, it does inspire a lot of like growth. That it is like, it's still happening. You know. Like I do love them. awkward awkward silences. Oh, no, <laughs> I, if if I understand what you're saying here, Frank, you're kind of passionate about this. <laughs> okay, okay. Just just wanted to make sure on that right there. I wasn't quite sure. Yeah, I love it. Well, what's in the future? What 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 genre um, looks good for uh, that's not superheroes? We see something coming it's hard. in comic books. Yeah. Horrors coming oh, back. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Uh -huh. Or never went away, really. Right. And even again, Walking Death would crush it for over a decade. But like, it's right. more and more horror. And that again still goes with the manga. Oh, did you ever see Spiral on manga? It's terrifying. Oof. There's some mangas out there that are horrifying. And horror seems, because even in, in mainstream media, like cinema and stuff, it's horror. Like, it's people, people dig it. And it looks great in black and white. Like, that's a part of it, too. Like oh, yeah, that's yep, true. When you think about the creator, the difference between printing a whole thing of, and I, Walking Dead was in black. Huge, no, yeah. huge difference. Yep. Cost. Yep. So I, I believe it, it is horror. I still think more than anything. If I'm thinking about anything else, because it's not, it ain't like murder mysteries are bad. No. You know? Um, Some historical stuff, though. That's very, that's <laughs> happening. And I, I try to really, you know what I found that I actually, I found these things called maker comics. Our comics, like, here's how you fix your car. Here's how you cook a loaf of bread. Here's how you do this stuff. Be a YouTube phenomenal, video. Yep. and it, it was phenomenal series called Maker Comics. I love them. I bought one to help you fix my car. I'm not very good at fixing cars, but I'm not going to blame the comic. I would think anything that loans itself very well to visuals. So horror would do that. Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk is a genre that's pretty popular. Very well, especially with the growth in technology and its influence on creating comics, especially arts. Apparently there are a lot of steampunk, popular steampunk titles that are probably mostly self-published as well press, but steampunk has great visuals. Yeah. Yes. Know? I'm I'm wait I'm so surprised we actually don't have like the definitive steampunk thing. Yeah. Still. Right? How have they not, how's no one managed to get their like hooks into like the best steampunk movie or the best steampunk Universe that exists, whether it's on a television show or whatever, because I don't know. Disney's testing the waters. What are they coming? Jungle Cruise. Oh, that wasn't yes. steampunk at all. What are you oh, yeah. no. yeah. we, haven't seen it? we haven't seen it yet. Bits and pieces. It, there's nothing steampunk about it. We haven't okay. seen it yet. No, no. Not they, they were trying it's to a steamboat. What was it? Yeah. Steamboat. Yeah. 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 Treasure Planet. I didn't yeah. say they were doing a good job. Treasure Planet? Treasure Wait, Planet. is that newer or the older one? The old one. The old yeah. one. Do you think that's like the most steampunk you could go on? Well, Wild Wild West was kind of a steampunk movie. It didn't inspire a lot of other steampunk movies. Because the genre was barely around. Did you go to Comic-Con back then? No one knew it. No one cared about steampunk back then. You know, not nearly at all. But, I don't know, it's interesting to think about where they would go. Like, where is the future of comics? I think a lot of it is, it's still a lot more personal stories, I think, more than anything. Because if, you, if you're thinking about the independent world, it's still people doing their version of America. Do you think our crumb type comics? Yeah, American Splendory stuff and, and things like that, where people are talking about, especially when they're talking about sexual identity. That's huge. A lot of people are really, they really talk about that stuff. They make comics about it. The same way a lot of broken idiots do terrible stand-up comedy at open mics. Like, sit down and write it out, and it's a much better story. But like, people are talking about their experiences 
through comics very much. And even you see what happens. And again, the mainstream is still doing a great job. If we look at what they just did with Robin, right? And what they just did with Superman's kid, we're now up there by, deal with it, everybody, right? And even again, it's funny to watch this thing happen where comics try to evolve just the same way Star Trek has always been, you know, yeah, we, 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 push, the, we push the boundaries. Some people don't like that. So Superman yet again changed, you know, the American way just last uh, couple a month ago at DC Fandom. They already done this several times. They already done this several times. But every once in a while, it's the news spike that people forget that, like, yeah, he got rid of his American citizenship in two thousand and nine as well. Like, want to get mad about it today? He's a citizen of the world because he's, it's not about the American way anymore. It's about more than that, and that is a lot of what's changing everything too. It's just having. That Superheroes has changed a lot. Just before I came here, I was watching Turner Classic Movies and those old Batman serial yeah. from 1948. Well, they're driving around in a convertible. They're, I mean, they don't have a Batmobile yet. And the amazing thing about the old Batman serial is he loses every fist fight he's in. Yeah. He gets beaten up all the time. Robin hides. <laughs> uh, Robin hid in the closet during this one scene when Batman was getting beaten up. But he came out and rescued him after the bad guys went away, and and you look at that and you go, I mean, that, I, he's got a really funny Batman outfit on too, yeah. but, but you think, this guy really has changed. I mean, he didn't have so much as a, as a pen knife on him. He didn't have any gadgets. He right. didn't have anything like that. He was just a detective in a funny costume back in 1948. Yeah. So, so you have to look at this as being, these, these things are evolving, even the superheroes are evolving. Anyway. Well, one thing that I'll notice as well is we're dealing with mortality in comics in a much more realistic manner. Except Marvel Universe, I mean, nobody actually yeah, ever really dies. Right. You know, no. Spider-Man, yeah. Yeah, there's a few of them. Yeah, a couple. How many times they brought back Marvel? Right, exactly. Yeah. But if you look at people like Jason Todd, yeah. Okay. He's, yeah. yeah. I mean, they actually voted on. Okay, does he live? Does he die? Yeah. Everyone said, "Kill him! Kill him! Kill him!" Because well, people are generally bloodthirsty. Yeah, he And they Close. kill the character. And yeah, they kind of bring him back in he's retrospect back. to a certain extent. No, he's he's yeah. he's a video game now. He's Red Hood. True. So now he's just this is what it is because you know why? Uh, every fifteen years, supposedly, is the man. That's a generation. Like, that's the thing. That's why it's time to change rules. Time to just reinvent some things and then Jason Todd come back. Oh, it's in this version, yep. this, you know? The multiverse, here's the thing about comics and a lot of things. Canon is both the best thing and the worst thing that's ever happened. This is the, the reason why back in the 50s, Batman's chasing the Joker again. Oh, he's on a giant piano. Go get him, Batman. Got him, there we go, book over. Now the book comes out, Batman's chasing the Joker and there's a giant thing. Well, how did the Joker escape that thing? They didn't care. It's an it's just a fun day, right? Then all these episodes, why does the Joker keep escaping? Batman's a, an idiot. Because <laughs> they add the concept of continuity. It's, all of this has to count. Everything you see counts, right? So now what's what's the solution to that? The multiverse, as we also know. Everything's the multiverse, right? Yes. So everything's just become the multiverse, especially in movies and TV now, right? Yeah. Because Marvel's about to do that. So in comics, you know what they just did in comics? They're up to the omniverse. The multiverse of multiverses. Well, Facebook is doing right? that. Well, I know Facebook's going to have to with that. The metaverse. Oh, give me a break. But that blew my mind. That's, that's the scale of it now, where their last big event that was like the big event was actually a big event made up of their last three big events in the Omni event of reinventing again the DC Comics universe. This is why I don't read DC and Marvel anymore. It's I don't care about having to read every comic book for years on right. end to understand, to understand the story. You know what's funny about that? Because So you know what comics I started reading? Marvel Age. Marvel Age comics were their modern, just kids comics. So there's Spider-Man dealing with a divorce in the real books and his clone is banging someone that he used to date. Oh, that's horrible. So that's how the kid's supposed to read this. And then you get Marvel Age just, oh, the vulture robbed a bank and Spider-Man's going to get him and make a bunch of yuck yucks on the way. And this art's fantastic. And it was fun, yeah. and they're self-contained, and that's it. So I was reading like the Marvel kids versions of the superheroes I like because, boy, those things get grim and gritty sometimes, don't they? <laughs> right? They're they're. I don't know how anybody at, at 
at the, those two publishing houses keep track of everything going on. I mean, it's they don't. that involved. <laughs> they only keep track for 15 years, though. And then they I mean, unless they have like a, a pool of people who have eidetic memories, I don't see how. No, they do. Uh, those are called fans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. They, they, they make the mistake, they're notified yeah. quickly. Yeah, I'm sure. And then you get a no prize. Well, I, right. <laughs> Good call. Well, yeah, they can't those. ignore stuff as a guy who's written 30-some Star Trek books or comic books or something. You know, they just decide after a while, we can't keep track of these damn novelists. They're not canon. Right. We all say, yay, we're not right. canon. We Woo. do whatever we want to. Uh, well, we better we kill Wesley off. No, I yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> you still can't do everything. But. Yeah, that's so it's funny. Like, you know, uh, when I helped plot one of the Star Trek books uh, for a friend of mine, pocket um, books came down and said, you can't do that. Because we will have no crossover between the old series and the next generation. The book was the next generation series. My plot, which I thought was brilliant, thank you very much. You can all clap and applaud. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't heard it yet. Now tell us what it was. Because <laughs> the whole idea is that there is a derelict Federation starship in deep space floating abandoned because they had a warp core breach. Everybody left got picked up, the whole of the ship is still there, and there's just enough power to keep running the computer. To a certain extent, but things are starting to fragment because power is failing slowly but surely uh, as the batteries die. Um, and it happens to drift into the Romulan neutral zone. A Romulan cruiser comes by, picks it up, says, we've got the mother load now. We can actually read their databases. And the only thing they get was Talos four death penalty forbidden <laughs> okay. from the cage. Okay. Oh, that's too crossover -y. Yeah, it was because it all happened in the Next Generation universe. And it got, you know, the serial numbers got filed off and Talos 4 became Hermeticus 3. Well, they don't care um, about that. No. Yeah, and it was, you know, the whole story was going to be how the Enterprise has to go rescue the Romulans from themselves. But the, Before they get to Talos Four, because they think that's the Federation secret base that does all this, uh, the weapon development. But they can have uh, uh, they can have Picard walk into a cave somewhere and encounter Spock there, sitting around. Well, yeah, but Sp <laughs> Spock's alive. You know. Spock's alive. Uh, the whole trick is, is with that they needed to have something to, for Leonard Nimoy to do. Okay. But, well, that's TV versus the comic. I'm sure yeah. you're not allowed to do what you want with the comics because I know no, 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 so you yeah. save that special stuff with the books. Exactly. All right. But um, you know, it's you know, you know, the avoiding of canon is again pretty much because uh, just as you, ex uh, you know, exemplified, John, is that for, you know, not only does uh, you don't have to worry about keeping all the T's and the I's dotted and crossed and everything else, but it gives you freedom to actually explore a story with familiar characters. We used to have Mike Stackpole here a lot, he's obviously not here, but, and he was trying to keep canon for the Star Wars things. Ooh. He was doing it on his own wow. as kind of a hobby because nobody else was doing it. <laughs> now this was before it was Reborn and uh, a million things. There were just, you know, the original movies and a few novels and things like that, but he was determined to try to keep it going, although nobody else was. <laughs> I remember him talking at length about that. I don't know, well, they don't observe it very well in Star Wars either, so. Well, they're in wise madness. I noticed, and they're doing comics, so this will actually be related, but the Edgar Rice Burroughs Incorporated has started putting out what they're calling new book, new books in the Edgar Rice Burroughs canon. And I'm like, I mean, I'm six years old now, so I've seen so many iterations of canon really? and reboots, and I'm like, this is a mistake <laughs> for characters that date back to like when was the first Harley book? Like 1912? Yeah, I was, I was about to say 1890, but yeah, it's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I slept early 20th century. <laughs> like, so, and they've done a lot of spinoffs over the years. So now they're doing canon spinoffs, and I'm thinking, well, a lot of fans you know, are going to ignore that part, but it really just seems like they're locking themselves into something that gave them a lot of flexibility. Well, they've always been a bit crazy with 
power station. Yeah, they need a jumping off point. I've never seen a movie where the gorillas actually sit around and talk like they do in the Tarzan. I don't like it. What? You never read George's book? Well, George is the jungle, I guess so. I thought it was somebody who raised their hand back there. I thought I saw it too. Yes, you. Yes. Princess, yes. That was all sparkles. Going back to the hit uh, about history and what have you, I was never big on uh, the superheroes, but the old war comics. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh, Tank, Sergeant Rock, oh, uh, yeah. War Stories, oh, yeah. um, Young Soldier. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the ones that I always like because even though by today's standards. They would be terrible and evil. It also made me happy to see the so-called bad guys get their just comeuppance, but sometimes it didn't always happen, uh, especially in the Vietnam uh, War comics. There, those were, were the ones who were starting to get the ambiguity and the, and the questioning of the, uh, what is perceived right and wrong. And that's how I kind of figured I was supposed to learn how to some of that stuff. Because they were more realistic versus uh, superheroes where, you know, might be right or however the case may be. And look I don't back, know what your thoughts are, but that was how I, 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 I gathered it. Well, looking back at Sergeant Rock and, and also Captain America, all of the superhero, knowing that Nazis actually were evil. <laughs> It's nice that they yeah, had real. a grasp on that, that they were real and that they were, that they were real yes, trouble. Exactly. You know? Um, nowadays, uh, you don't, you can't see who, well, kind of like with the Vietnam comics, you didn't look like war soldiers. They didn't always know who was who back there. I right know. There, there was times when the kids come up, killed, killed, hi, hi, Joe, hi, Joe. And next thing you know, boom, because the kid was given, you know, something to, you know, a, a treat. By a soldier, by a Viet Cong soldier. Here, take this over to, to to the Americans. Next thing you know, the kid and the, the American soldiers went up in a rocket. And that's what it was always so sad. And that's what made everybody question things. I think that, yeah. And I think that's one thing about comics that should be brought back: the ability to see something from a different point of view. Right. I remember there was a uh, a. Uh, an issue of the Nam done by Larry Hama that uh, dealt with um, the abuses that American soldiers put on the Vietnamese people, specifically Vietnamese females, mm -hmm. um, objectifying, etc., and uh, how it radicalized one Vietnamese boy to go to become a member of the Viet Cong because they had co-opted. I'm using polite terms. Mm -hmm. uh, his girlfriend, and at that point, it was like, "How dare you do this, you invader, you well, pardon the phrase, crusader, um, to our people?" And it, that was a rather powerful story when you start seeing that. Okay, maybe we're creating our own enemies. Occasionally, yes. And I think yeah, you know, we're still looking at the same thing. Now. Yeah, yeah, forty more years. Yeah, you know, forty years yeah. you know, now. That, you know, by for what we did in Afghanistan and um, Iraq, that we kind of created our own enemies. Shot, our, shot, shot ourselves in the foot. Yeah, and another ten plus year long war. That too. Also, when you stop to think about back in World War Two. Everybody was, you know, when you see right and wrong, yes, but it also depends on who's right in the history. That's right. Well, the victors are the ones who write the history. Uh, well, occasionally, yes. But the problem is, you have people that come out, come out of the woodwork and say, well, America isn't any better than such and such and so-and-so, because what did they have? They had internment camps for the Japanese that were already here. And that's... One of them was not that far away from this building right now. Exactly. Well, it makes people stop and think. Hopefully. Anyway, cross well, our fingers. A little bit. Maybe. <laughs> that's all. I mean, always. We always hope every day is a march toward betterness for all, I think, right? And that's why I like the lore comics, because 
you saw the right and the wrong, but also the gray area in between. How much time we got? Give me another question. Question. We got. Let's get the lady in purple there. Is she a violet? Violet? I don't know. So I I read some comics um, and a digital paper comics, and I have tried to read some like on an app on my phone, which really doesn't work. Um, do you think comic? Do comics do well as e-comics? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Again, it, and it depends on your taste. Like, because also, you watch movies in the movie theater, right? And you also watch movies at home. And it's like, yeah, maybe this is a little better, and maybe this is also just fine. So, uh, I have friends that they just predominantly read those, just digital everything now. They have made the move, they prefer it, they think it's great. I hate it, but also, I'll still read digital comics if I'm in the situation where I'm like, well, I've only got access to this. Oh, this wasn't awful, you know, but I definitely just do prefer books. That is a generational thing that will just keep going away, right? <laughs> Star Trek is where but it's always gonna, it's pads are coming, right? And even as I now teach these kids, every once in a while, one of them already has an iPad. Like, I'm like, here's your pencils, whatever, and I have this. All right, here's how you use a ruler. Mine makes squares perfectly. I'm like, all right, set. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but what are they gonna do when the battery dies or something else goes through or an EMP burst? It would be nice to let, know how to use it. I tell the about the EMP burst every chance I get, but they just don't have their Faraday cages built. Okay? I hope we don't have an EMP burst because I'm, I'm 61 and uh, <clears throat> I have gone over to ebooks and digital comics I have arthritis. Mm -hmm. oh. Hard to yeah. yeah. just get them separated and stuff. And it's yeah. nice to blow it up. And to hold them. And you, you know, those things are lighter. And also, my vision is not what it was. And so, if it's I want to make things. the text so you can actually read it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can make things bigger if I need to. I have a question so. just for, for you guys and all y'all. Do you call, if you, do you use audiobooks? Because yep. that's gotten more popular. Yes. And do you call that, what do you call that? You call it, I read this book? Do you say that? Do you say, I read it? I listen to it on audio. Because some people that I know, they say, oh, no, I read that. And then they mean audiobooks. So watch as that term starts to change. Over uh -huh. the yep. Because they, just, I consider it the same. That's what they do. I'm like, well, that's an interesting take. Hmm. I, I would say. Well, I listen it's to unabridged, it. it is the same. Yeah. But if it's an abridged audiobook, it's really not yeah. the same. Yeah. It's so totally like not abridged. Yeah. 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 I know my boyfriend does audiobooks and he does reading, and his Kindle that he has now lets him switch between reading and hearing the audible audio book. So he goes back and forth, and you know, then the words get really ambiguous because he's, he's it's there's continuity. It's like, well, I'm reading, but I have to drive somewhere, so he puts he plugs it in. Wow, that's good. He's listening, and then he gets somewhere. Waiting in line, he's reading. Isn't that interesting? That's right. pretty cool. Got that young lady right there. She had her hand up. Oh, you for, my, for my previous one? Actually, it was it was in the same vein because I read a lot of web comics currently. And you mentioned earlier how you didn't see a lot of the romance comics. And that's where the, where the romance ones are. They're on the web comics. That's what I'm saying. And getting turned into Korean dramas. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which subsequently my mom watches. There you go. <laughs> yes. I was sitting there thinking that, you know, you said read when they listen. Occasionally I tell people I absorbed a novel. Okay. There you go. Because, Sorry. like, Count of Monte Cristo, I read it first in comic book form, watched the movie, uh, read the actual book, but yeah. it was an abridged book for school. Then I sat there and there was a radio drama of it that I listened to. And then I read the full whole book, which. You only do that when you're on graveyard and you have a lot of time to go. <laughs> I understand that. But, but I you did absorb that, it. And I did it in several different medias. And I've watched several different movies of the technically the exact same story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those things with the new multiple things you could do. 
You can actually say I absorbed it because you got it in multiple formats. Yeah, I'm willing to bet the Counter Monte Cristo tabletop game probably is too, <laughs> as that becomes more pleasurable card game. Yeah, because that's the next thing that introduces people all to stuff. Is a Pokemon version of uh, Counter Monte Cristo? Yeah, there's a tie. <laughs> you know, the old classic comic books used to be more faithful to the books than the movies. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were out to, to try to tell started. you exactly what's in the book. They, they didn't have a time for it. Because no. some of those classic books are really thick, the comic books. Because you got the whole book. Yeah. And they <laughs> stayed in print. They had their own section in the bookstores that I saw sure. in military bases where my father was stationed, and some of them overseas. And uh, you could go buy one every month, and it'd be, they might have added some new ones in over time and maybe seeded some out. But it wasn't like, well, if you wanted a new Superman, you better get it that month. So that, that made it useful, you know, if we didn't have alarms when you buy Treasure Island, it wasn't going to go away. You know, I actually reminds me of a point real quick. That is also why those army comics used to exist, the military comics. Soldiers were one of the biggest things. That's what they got as entertainment, sent to them in care packages. Then they all enjoyed comics, came back, and brought the love back. And that's why comics also then grew. That's why the number one game, why do you know what all your soldier friends now do? They get a PS5 and they play Call of Duty. That's what they do. It's military video games are the number one style of video game. So that's like a, a big difference there too, where that audience, you know, maybe not reading as much, but they're playing games. And those are the games that they do like to play the most now. Army games are the most popular games. Well, also the uh, military, the, the military teaching uh, instruction. They would do things in comic book form. Yeah. For how to do a PMCS, yeah. maintenance yeah. checks and services on your vehicle. And you know, yep. you said they have the ones where you tell, teach you how to fix your car. Yep. Same thing. It's Same been thing. for years. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very soldier's manual, common tasks. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. Stan Lee drew some of the VD not, not me comics for the army. GIs had not been reading comic books. Me, not me. Yeah, there that, that was the full character he made. Anime right. Because the Japanese kids, like Osama Tezuka, or is it Tezuka Osama, depending on which usage you want, the kids that were in Japan after World War II, when the, when the American armed forces were basically occupying Japan, read comic books and they would give them to the kids, and the kids would find them, and they liked comic books, and you can trace. The manga and anime industry to the fact that people like young Osama Tezuka were reading comic books and they really liked that and started creating their own and they didn't have the American sense of shame, you know, oh that's a kid thing, you know, that's for the people who can't read. It was just a thing they read and grew up loving and created a humongous, wonderful industry out of it. There's another panel that's supposed to start right yeah. at 5 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're pretty much we're done. Thank you for your attention, everybody. Thank and you. Hopefully, uh, if you'd like to get some free stuff, come upstairs because I'd love to give you some free stuff. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows such as D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition and Scion Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok story. Thank you for listening.
Cameron? Cameron? Yes. Your QT mic? Oh, yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, I missed it dearly. I think that's, I think you can. But you know what? Don't try to put it down. Is that fine? Yeah, I'm going to put it down. Yeah, I'm going Sure. Oh, you, you have the no, 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 no. This is great. I don't know how many people are on it. We have a bunch of chairs up here. Wait, wait. There's supposed to be a Frank Powers up here for this. I think you're on this one. Frankie comes to Powers. Yeah, Frankie comes to Hollywood. I recognize you. <laughs> and you. And you were there. And you were there. We do escape from you. Am I supposed to go find a name thing, damn it? I'm sorry, I can't hear you over your suit. I apologize. It's definitely. I think I have my name thing. It takes time to serve an I'm going to get this fourth book. We're about two minutes into it, but don't worry about it. I know, right? Yeah, but that sounds like fun, actually. It's, it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird. That's what it's going to be. B17. Bravo 17. Bongo? 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 This one works? Yeah. Welcome to my nightmare. I see. They don't work unless you make them work, right? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Project into the microphone. Hello? Hello? Of course, yeah. If we can project, do we really need the microphone? I, I, I no. can project. I'm, you know, it's kind of like when I get into this or I get into the radio voice. No, project. Hello? And how do I get my voice to do this? Right. I think we can save the electricity because, quite frankly, it's looking at the th This is my radio voice. I hope you don't mind. No. <laughs> <laughs> You'll notice you can hear me without being like. Yes. This is coming close. probably be able to hear it. <laughs> it only helps the, the audience. 